Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Coming up at 3, of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig. And you can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. I'm nervous about this upcoming segment because I have no clue how I'm going to operate here. Wes is excited. Wes has it all ready to go. He was laughing during the break, typing up his own answers to the questions. that are. That's the most maniacal smile I've ever seen you have towards me. It's weird. I, I'm kind of scared, to be honest with you, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Are you, I've never seen you more excited about. I'm just ready, you know, to get the people what they want, entertain them. Okay, I'm a little scared. I know Fitty was scared too before we did this because he was talking to you in the pre-show. He's like, "All right, as long as we, you know, keep it controlled here." Wes yes. was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Right. And Fitty was scared too. Are you still a little bit? I'm always, I'm always nervous with Wes mm-hmm. when we talk Panthers. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really excited that he's excited because this means that my idea should come to light and be one of the best segments we've done here on the Wes and yes. Walker show. That was a big emphasis on my idea. Here is your idea. As you stated, Fitty, the idea is that we're going to undergo a Steve Wilkes mock interview and we're going to do some role play today. Fitty is going to be who he is named after Scott Fitter, the general manager of this Carolina Panthers team. I am going to be David Tepper the owner of the Carolina Panthers and Wes is going to be Steve Wilkes. Now I know what you're thinking. All right. The only black guy in the studio is going to be the only black guy in this scenario. Well, that's right. (laughs) Wes is going to be the head coach and he's going to field the question from the two white guys in the studio that are also the two white guys in the situation. And I'm going to be David Tepper and I have to give this weird impression that I'm not ready for, but I mean, basically, I've been painted into a corner here, and I've been bullied into having to give a David Tepper impression, and so I'm going to try my best. Fitty's going to ask two questions, one at the beginning, one at the end. I'll ask the middle and give you my David Tepper impression because Steve Wilkes is interviewing for the permanent head coaching gig today, so we decided, again, that we would give you a little inside scoop and give you an inside look at what was happening within this room. Go ahead. The interview starts now. Scott, because you are the guy that is supposed to be making all the football decisions, you go ahead and ask the first question. Good afternoon, uh, Coach Wilkes. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing fine, thank you. How uh, how was your drive into the stadium? Uh, it was pretty good. I took a stop by, uh, got me a little something to eat, you know, take the nerves off, and so uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. You didn't bring me nothing. Like I said, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Could you guys start the interview, please? I mean, seriously. Goodness gracious. Well, Steve, first off, we want to just sit here and say that uh, we're really thankful of the job that you did this season. We put you in a tough spot. One and four, we traded away Christian, as you well know. I thought about trading away Brian Burns, and you rallied this. You rallied the troops. You had this team playing meaningful football for the first time in December, really under uh, in, in about three to four years. So first off, we want to say uh, we're proud of the job that you've done. 
And uh, that's why we're here giving you this informal interview to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Well, I appreciate that. I'm just going to keep my feet where they stand right now. And uh, I appreciate that. So now let's let's uh, let's get to the, to the football part of it. Probably the most important thing is, as you well know, um, Ben McAdoo, you know, without the towel was not a very good play caller with the towel. He, he seemed to become the best version of him of himself. We got to know what would you do at the offensive coordinator spot? Is Ben McAdoo under consideration to return to your staff if you were to get this job? Or would you look elsewhere to bring in a more creative, more up-to-date offensive mind? Well, uh, he's not under consideration. When I looked at it, I said, I need a guy that has it. Okay, I want it and it, it, it. Get the hell away from me, it. Okay, okay, now back to the thing. <laughs> When I talk about who I want for my offensive coordinator, I'm going to go a little bit outside of the box. I think I'm going to bring in Deuce Staley uh, from the uh, Detroit Lions. Okay, He's the assistant head coach, running backs coach. Uh, in 2021, the Lions reached the most yards per carry in a season since 1998. Uh, he's coached under Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, Chip Kelly. Uh, you know, in their Super Bowl season, the Eagles had the third overall rushing offense and they also had the NFL's fourth-best rushing average. This guy's a hot candidate that he's going to replace uh, Ben Johnson when he's gone. And, um, you know, I heard you guys are thinking about taking him, and uh, you're smoking if you take that guy. But uh, <laughs> Deuce Staley will be next in line, and he's going to be the next great coordinator in this league. He fits our mantra of tough. You know, he fits our DNA, and that's the guy I want uh, in here, I love the, the the passion that he brings. No nonsense, just like me. Okay, hold on one second. Fitty, that sounded an awful lot like Josh Marlowe at WFNZ, more than it sounded like <laughs> Scott Fitter. If I'm got, if I'm getting bullied into doing an impression, how in the hell do you skate by and not give an impression of Scott Fitter? Me and Fitty go hand in hand because I look like him and he sounds like me. That is not true. How did you? You didn't even do any impression. It leaked out. You had this whole opening monologue, and it was all Josh Marlowe interviewing Steve Wilkes. How how am I supposed to do this? This, this was is, the whole bit. This is his first time being involved in a head coaching search. He cracked under pressure. Yes, he did. Josh Marlowe did. Now, Deuce Staley, coming from the Lions organization, if we take going back and evaluating what a potential Steve Wilkes answer would be, do you like that offensive coordinator higher? And because we do know that the higher-ups, whether it be Fitter, whether it be David Tepper, who has all of the power, is that something that you think they'd be receptive to? Because we do know that they have had their hands in the offensive coordinator job before. Remember, Ben McAdoo came uh, came aboard Matt Rule when he was looking for a new OC outside of Joe Brady and then Jeff Nixon. And then it didn't work out with either one of those guys. But, but Matt Rule brought in someone with head coaching experience. And it, it seemed like it was because the owner wanted someone with some coaching experience to come in as the offensive coordinator. How would you like Deuce Staley, Fitty, Scott Fitterer, Josh Marlowe? How would you like that kind of option at OC? You know, I think that's a name that we haven't really heard a lot be thrown out as an offensive coordinator type. But, you know, when, when Wes or Coach Wilkes was listing, you know, his accolades, his experience, where he's been on the track record – I think that would be a name that if I was a Carolina Panther fan that wants Steve Wilkes to get this job and that guy was brought on, I think that would be adequate enough for you to be excited about about him becoming your offensive coordinator because 
no one was really excited when Ben McAdoo got hired, right? Like, it was pretty much like... See, I think people were, and it was weird. Because for his sound bites, not for his coaching, like, there was a reason why he got fired. Oh, yeah. And then didn't get rehired and was an analyst on Mike McCarthy's staff. Not even a coach. He was an analyst. Look, maybe, I mean, it could have been different people we were following. I thought that there were a lot of people that were excited about McAdoo coming aboard. More so because they had gone to his OC days. And you had some things to work with during his OC days. And then people kept passing on that it wasn't the head coach that you were bringing on. It was the offensive coordinator when it was with the Packers. And he worked in that organization. Same with the Giants. But either way, yes, I I would like Deuce Staley more than that. And hopefully he would be somebody that would be accepting to that job. All right. I'm going to give this David Tepper thing a shot. I've all, I, I've clowned Fitty for it. I have no clue how this is going to sound. I, I tried to listen to it earlier and mimic it. It wasn't really working. So, all right, I'm going to try this. <clears throat> God, I'm so embarrassed. All right. Huh. All right, Steve. You know uh, that's Marty Herney. <laughs> that, that's that's Marty. I was, wow. I was wanting to go Marty Herney impression instead. Unbutton uh, your shirt. Okay. You got chest hair. You're a billionaire, and you're. I from, do have a little chest. You're hair. from Pennsylvania. Okay, so I'm from Pennsylvania. Um. All right, Steve. You know we were trying to figure out whether um you know you'd be a coordinator. You know we we told you that you had to do an incredible job in order to get get this head coaching opportunity. Um, and when we're talking about you actually taking over this head coaching job, I, I said you had to be incredible in order for you to be considered in this situation. Do you think that you've done an incredible job or would you be better suited to go back as, as a coordinator? Incredible job. <laughs> did you see Did you see that? Did you see what you had in here before me? One and four, life was real bad, okay? Listen, he didn't have the DNA. His feet weren't where he was at, okay? So, no. I think I did an excellent job with what we had here. You traded Christian on me, okay? Best running back we've had uh, in this organization, one of them. And I didn't have a ton to work with, but I rallied the guys, okay? So, yeah, going 6-6 six and six down the stretch, uh, you know, trying to make plays with, 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 with some of these guys. You see the guys that emerged a little bit when I was here. So, yeah, I think that we had some guys step up. We've, we've, we've located some new uh, stars, so to speak, some guys that we feel like going forward that we can uh, win some football games with. So yes, I think I did a hell of a job compared to that. Compared to that, uh, mm. you know, that guy you had in here before that. that that guy, Racing Jason, said, "Make it stop." We have one more to get through because we've already committed <laughs> to the bid, and now we're sticking <laughs> with it. So, do you think that he's done an incredible job evaluating from the outside? If I ask Wes Bryant to contribute to this conversation, going back once more. Um, is that something that you would consider him having done a quote unquote incredible job finishing six and six with this roster? I don't know. I'd say incredible. I think incredible would have been them getting to the postseason, but I think he's done uh, a very solid job. I think a commendable job, a job that makes you want to see what more can come of it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call it incredible. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, with, with David Tepper saying that right from the get go, you almost wondered who could have done an incredible job with this roster. Was that something that could even be achieved with Sam Darnold being your best quarterback, trying to limit him as much as possible? Him, for the most part, yes, playing well. He had an awful game against the Saints, but you know, played fine, right? Like for, for the most part in those six games, I want something better. We've done the Sam Darnold debate, but I just don't know if an incredible job is actually something that could have been achieved with this roster. Let's go to some more uh, text that just came in. Panther cliff, not bad Walker. 
Got a little bit of that Tepper speech impediment going on as well. So I appreciate Panther Cliff. That's all I'm asking for. Was a uh, is anybody saying how I'm doing? How's my will? Wes is an A. Joe Gibbs Jr. wrote in. Okay. Wes gets an A for the impression grade. <laughs> I got a C minus, so slightly below average, which is cool with me. Fitty gets an F because he wasn't doing an impression. This is the same person that begged me during pre-show, hey, we all have to commit to the bit. This is something we talked about, and then Fitty freezes up and goes Josh Marlowe on it. No, I, did you not listen the first time? We look alike and sound alike. That's why I'm Fitty. Okay, I'm just telling you. that That's why you get an F. Uh, Gary from Texas wrote in, um, a job few others could do talking about Steve Wilkes, what he did going yeah. six and six. So there you go. All right. Last one. Let's see if we can get an actual Scott Fitter impression or if this is going to be Josh Marlowe somehow being bumped all the way up to general manager of the Panthers asking Steve Wilkes a question. Ah, uh, Steve. Um, That's Marty Herney too. <laughs> first question I asked you about the offensive coordinator. Um, we we got to get that right. The second thing we got to get right is the quarterback. Um, you know, I, I made a I made a risky trade for Sam Darnold. Uh, he was four and two as the starting quarterback for you. We drafted Matt Corral in the third round. We want to see Matt Corral on a football field. Oh, you uh, won't. Let's <laughs> let's just uh, let's just assume that Deuce Staley's here with you in Carolina. Um, what is your plan at the quarterback position? Do you you want to spend the ninth pick on a quarterback? Derek Carr is going to be available via trade or free agency if he gets released. How do you want us to help you uh, at the most important position on the football field? Well, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that the guy has the it factor. Okay, bring it, bring the donuts, whatever it is he needs to get it done. Okay, Mm. bring whatever it is that I need. But first, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call Chicago, Arizona, and the coast to see if I can make a deal with him. And if I can't make a deal with him, I'm going to draft a guy from Florida, Anthony Richardson, at nine. Uh, he's going to be comparable to a guy we had here before that wore custom suits, ostrich shoes, and hats with feathers in it. <laughs> and uh, that's my plan for quarterback. <laughs> that's not any, that that would make Josh Marlowe slash Scott Fitterer walk away from you. He didn't want Anthony Richardson drafted at number nine. <laughs> he would rather go with Sam Darnold. That is going to be the mock interview that I'm sure sounds 100% the same as what's going on over there at Bank of America <laughs> Stadium right now. How do we feel about that? Are we walking away confidently or are we walking away with our tails tucked between our legs? I thought Wes was great. Wes was good. Wes, well, Wes, Wes was the good one. That. Um, how would you how would you give yourself an assessment here, Fitty? Like, did, did, are you going to admit that you froze up? I didn't freeze up. Okay, I'll give my. But you know, because I'm a hard grader, C minus. Oh yeah, hard grader. Yeah. What What about me? How did did you think mine was better than yours, or not really? Oh no, I, I thought yours for a first time on the fly. It okay, was, it was a B. Well, the thing about Tepper is he, he the the O's the coordinator, right? Yeah. Like when he was talking about that in the press conference, that's what I really he tried. With those that, those Pittsburgh O's, long O's, man. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can uh maybe we can try to all go to the drawing board, figure out how to make our <laughs> impressions better and by all i, I mean me and yeah i know by all i mean me and fitty and then we can work <laughs> on it going on um as the as the shows and as the weeks and as the search goes on we'll see how long it takes for them to name a permanent head coach let's do the second take tuesday we haven't had a game that mattered to go over we felt like hey don't need to really go over every single play in a game the panthers lost it was a miserable game anyway and it didn't mean anything for the panthers because they aren't going to go to the playoffs so we're going to do a second take tuesday based off of steve wilkes season 
that just transpired. The last six games going 500, high points, low points, biggest accomplishments, biggest weaknesses. That's coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Writing into the text line, you guys should do the skit for every head coach and interview that the Panthers do. Great fun. Keep it up. All right. We got a thumbs up from somebody about the skit. Somebody's going to like it. Yep. Somebody is. (laughs) (laughs) Are you laughing at the popcorn? What are you laughing at? I'm laughing that he's talking on the air with his mouth full of food. That's what I was laughing at as well. He just, yeah, the popcorn (laughs) dripping out the mouth. It wasn't dripping out. (laughs) It was popping out. It was <laughs> stupid. You wanted to go for the drum roll there. Uh, 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line about some of these candidates. And we're going to do a second take Tuesday about Steve Wilkes. And with Steve Wilkes being the guy that is the interim, being someone that the fan base, I think in, in large part, the fan base wants back here in Carolina. Do you feel like it's gotten for the most part, most fans are in favor of Steve Wilkes getting the job? Or do you think in most part, maybe 50, 50 people, uh, I think it's pretty somewhat, split. Yeah. I think there are people who, cause like I said, we get a fair share of people who are saying that right leadership and in, intangibles aren't enough to give him the job. So yeah, I think it's pretty split. Okay. So if you look at Steve Wilkes high point, we can all go around the room and, and kind of point to it here. I mean, I think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. The fact that they won, P.J. Walker was amazing in that. I mean, he was absolutely insane. That that contest, that, that outing will never happen again in P.J. Walker's career because of all the big throws that he made. But at least to me, I really like that Steve Wilkes decided, you know what? I'm not going to coach scared of my quarterback like I did the game prior because against the Rams, they would never, ever allow P.J. Walker to throw. They finally did, and the defense performs well. They hold Tom Brady and company to just three points. They score 21 with some good offense there, at least in the passing attack. Deontay Foreman, I believe, ran for 118. There were a lot of things clicking against an NFC South rival, against a team where I think everybody still had some hopes for Tampa Bay at that point. It was not towards the end of the season when everybody had kind of written them off, oh, this is going to be a losing team. I think Tampa Bay and that game plan, bouncing back from a loss, I thought that was a huge game to get some momentum rolling and say, we have some belief with this organization. That's my high point of Steve Wilkes. What do you think, Wes? To me, the high point of his tenure was uh, the Detroit Lions game, uh, where they came out, Red Hot Lions team coming in here. You got to see his offensive philosophy and all its splendor, rushing for 320 yards. Uh, I believe it was a, a record with Foreman and Hubbard, each going over 100 yards in the first half. They just physically dominated Detroit uh, in every which way you could think of. And so I think that also put them in position. No, I don't think that also put them in a position for that big showdown that next week with Tampa Bay, where they could have gotten putting themselves in a great position to win the NFC South and get to the playoffs. So I think that Detroit game, in my opinion, was his high note. All right. So we have a Tampa Bay, the victory that happened earlier in the year. You have the Detroit Lions game, but they just put on a rushing clinic in that one. What say you, Fiddy, on the high point for Steve Wilkes this year? It's got to be the win at Seattle. I mean, Carolina hadn't won a road game in over a year. 
The only other drought in this city that mirrors that is me lying with a woman. And that win at Seattle made everything else possible for them to have a chance to win the division and, and really make the postseason. And you did it against a team that is a former rival of some sort. Some people still consider them a rival. And, and so I, I thought that was the first time I looked at Steve Wilkes and said, he, 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 he can do this job at the NFL level. Because my biggest complaint up to that was, he couldn't get this team ready to go win games on the road. They got blasted by Cincinnati. They weren't really competitive against Baltimore. A, you know, a, a bad penalty at Atlanta. That game, there was no doubt. That game was over in the first half. That's the high point for Steve Wilkes' 13 weeks as the Panthers interim head coach. Of course, all three victories, all of us had talked about how that gave them a chance, maybe for belief at the beginning and a shot at the end. Both of you referenced that with the NFC South title on the line. You mentioned Cincinnati, too. I'll go to that as the weak point. If, if one of the selling points for Steve Wilkes is the ability to get his guys ready, then Cincinnati was the antithesis of that. There's no way that you can point to, oh yeah, they got blown out. They allowed 42 points overall. What was it? Was it 35 in the first half? They got blown out immediately. Yeah, it was 35 points that they allowed in the first half. Baker Mayfield comes in replacement, uh, replacing P.J. Walker and has a fine outing, but by then Cincinnati had already gone to the bench unit. I mean, it was TCU and Georgia in the first half. That's what happened to Carolina, except Carolina didn't score a touchdown and TCU did. So that has to be the weak point in my opinion to me uh it was tampa bay because fair or not a lot of fans will look at that as the moment to where he could have proven that he is more than worthy of this job by getting them in a position to get to the playoffs and i think people thought especially with tampa bay struggling the way they had offensively to come in there and give up 30 points i think a lot of people will look at that game and like i said fair or not and point to that and say hey this was the biggest game uh, of his tenure, and he lost. All right, let, text in 704-570-9610 who, what you think are the high points and the low points of Steve Wilkes' 12-game record here with the Carolina Panthers going 6-6. Six and six. Fiddy, what's your low point? This might not be fair. I go to the Rams game because, and it's more of the game plan. You had Robbie Anderson acting the way he acted on the sidelines where leading up to the game, Steve Wills talked about being aggressive, about being professional, and they were anything but that in in that game. And maybe that's not fair because he was given the job or named the room on Tuesday or whatever. But I look at that as the low point because I think Cincinnati's a team that's going to be playing for the AFC a championship. Baltimore at the time was still really healthy. And you got Tom Brady. Like, everyone knew that was a possibility going in without your shutdown corner, J.C. Horn. No, it's a good point because Cincinnati is the best team of all of the squads we talked about to them <laughs> losing. Yeah, I didn't even hear that last part. I was I just heard the L.A. Rams <laughs> game mentioned in here. But I do understand Cincinnati being the best team that they lost to when we're discussing all of the low points. The Rams thing is tough, though. And even with the Rams having what was eventually an awful year, man, you're talking about P.J. Walker's first start this season. And you bring him and say all right not only do we have a new head coach we now have a new quarterback going in and I, I just thought it was going to be really hard at the time I believe Aaron Donald was still suiting up for the Rams after yeah he was still playing in this game so you still had a Rams team playing for something I, I don't know that's tough for me but they did answer with that Tampa Bay Buccaneers win and uh, I thought that was the high point 
All right, biggest accomplishment overall for Steve Wilkes, and it doesn't have to be a game, right? It can be the improvement and succeeding with Sam Darnold in those six games. It can be the rushing defense. It can be allowing Deontay Foreman to flourish. It could be a whole bunch of different well, stuff. Well, good Lord, you took everything we could say, eight mile. <laughs> Tell these people something they don't know about them. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's exactly what that was. Well, I was just I, I didn't want you to go with the game. Go ahead, Wes. I'm sorry for stealing yeah. your thunder, man. I'm no, sorry. Uh, no, I was going to go with, uh, you know, the Sam Darnold deal, just getting him to play uh, within the <laughs> offense, not turn the football over to the detriment of the football team until we got down to uh, New Orleans, which did not end up hurting them in the long run. But the Tampa Bay game as well, to where his turnovers were costly, whether all of them were his fault or not. But I think just getting a guy who, you know, had had so many turnovers coming into this, we've talked about it, uh, ad nauseum to come in and play uh, efficient football, good enough with everything else that was going on to help him, like Deontay Foreman running the hell out of the ball and the defense playing good enough uh, to keep them in these games until the offense could get it together and score. I think uh, that was his biggest accomplishment. I mean, you know, Don only threw three picks. You know, he had a couple fumbles and stuff like that. So just getting him to play within the offense. All right, before I steal any of the other ideas, Fiddy, why don't you go before I ruin it all? What's your next one? <laughs> His biggest accomplishment was delivering on all the empty promises that of Matt Rule's two and a half years in Carolina. And I've said this really since I got on the Wilkes wagon. The most damning thing about Matt Rule's tenure is that the things he promised for two and a half years, Steve Wilkes accomplished in 12 weeks. And I think that's the biggest accomplishment is that he delivered on everything that Matt Rule was telling us was going to happen seven years down the road. He proved it doesn't take seven years. He, you know, he restored pride to this fan base. He restored energy to that stadium, um, and, and really made Panther football meaningful again in this city. I, I'm going to say it twice. Two good points from Fitty. It's amazing. That's two times in a segment that I will say that. Now Fitty gets to dance because I gave him a compliment. Hmm. But you're right, and I think. This is a point for Steve Wilkes that I think people miss. It's the fact that you had a game plan that adapted to the strong suit of your football team. You can't allow Sam Darnold to go out here and act like Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow or some of these dudes that have an ability to throw the football all over the yard. What you do is try to mitigate all of the mistakes that we've seen Sam Darnold make before. This was a team that was built on running the football. Even if you disagree with the philosophy, that's what they did. They went out this offseason and tried to secure an offensive line that allowed you to be a stronger run block unit, and they actually kind of performed better pass blocking as the year went on, except for this past game against the Saints when they had some injuries. But he subscribed to the idea of what this personnel, what this group was best adept to doing. And what you had there was all of the empty promises that he was talking about fulfilled, and Sam Darnold played better. The offensive line was a lot better. Deontay Foreman actually came in and ran the ball really hard. I, I wonder what Steve Oaks would have done with more Christian McCaffrey as the season went on. Maybe you would have a little bit more of the passing game to your running backs that you weren't able to do because Deontay just can't catch it like that, which is fine. So I, I really like um, that kind of accomplishment. This team played a lot better and to their strengths, and I think Steve Wilkes allowed them to do so. All right, biggest weakness overall. I won't mention anything what you got, Wes. Big, <laughs> biggest, biggest weakness um, for uh, Steve Wilkes that you could point to and say, that's why I don't want him. 
Uh, I've said it over and over again. Just the whole, you know, ground and pound philosophy, run it and play defense, and that's the way you want to uh, make your mark in this league. Now, granted, he does want to go out and find another quarterback so that he can be more dynamic offensively. He can have that curveball that if the running game is not working for him, which we saw and the statistics showed that when the Panthers' running game was not working for them, they would not win football games. So, uh, but I just think that just as far as on the surface right now, I would have to say that, you know, I would like a head coach that if you're going to go up against the more potent offenses in the NFL, that you are multifaceted in what you want to do in your approach and philosophies and you have an adaptable philosophy uh, offensively. I don't know if this is this this is, may not be fair to him as well. His biggest weakness, I think, was naming Al Holcomb his defensive coordinator because I think that's what really held this defense back. I think it was great foresight that Steve Wilkes to not put himself in a position to be an interim head coach and be a defensive play caller. But I wonder if he doesn't get the job and he looks at the way his defense performed away from home, especially in that Tampa game, that Cincinnati game, if a wonder should I maybe just given me all the responsibility that way I could have gone out here with no regrets whatsoever. I actually kind of pointed out the rushing defense in my notes here too. And I, I think you saw some teams, you know, start to be pretty strong. Even Alvin Kamara right in this game. And I know he's a fantastic running back, but it's not like he had had the most sensational running gear this season compared to other years that he had had. And he went for over a hundred yards in that game against Carolina. I thought that they were able to finish more so in the second halves and, and you had that stretch in the middle of the season where they were very good at stopping the run, but then it just kind of all unraveled. And you have to wonder how much of the offensive minds and the opposition are saying, okay, this is how we can attack the Carolina defense. And so I think that would be my biggest weakness for this team as well. And with all of the importance put on the offensive coordinator, Fiddy, I know you have been one that is not exactly thrilled with the job um, Al Holcomb has done. He's not going to move off Al Holcomb, though. I mean... Unless it's mandated that he does in order for him to get the job. You think he's back as this team's defensive coordinator? I do. I do. I, I mean, I think Al Holcomb has been his guy. I mean, he was there, I believe, in Arizona. And he's here as soon as he gets the job with Carolina as the interim head coach. I do think Al Holcomb is going to be the defensive coordinator. Wes, do you think he'll be back or do you think they'll change it up at DC? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll be back. Yeah, I do too. And I know that's not something that you would be thrilled about. That'll do it for the second take Tuesday edition, looking at the high point, the low point, biggest accomplishment overall, and the biggest weakness overall. TC wrote in the text line, said the defense has been highly overrated, haven't been able to stop the run the past three years. Um, you look at Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, writing in, um, saying, uh, you know, it, he was telling his kid the other day that, he hopes he finds that his kid, sorry, he hopes his kid finds somebody as, 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 that loves him as much as we love Steve Wilkes on this, you know, on these airwaves, which is kind of interesting to me because I know we've talked a lot about how Steve Wilkes has earned the job as the years have gone on. But I think that kind of proves that it's 50 50, even if we all talk about how Steve Wilkes has earned it. I got to tell you, I mean, the offensive minds, they are intriguing to me. And, and that is the one very different way that you would go because Steve Wilkes is not the play caller offensively. He is absolutely a defensive minded guy. And so it's him defense and everybody else in that pool. It's all offense. So that'll be interesting to see what David Tepper and Carolina decides to do. Yeah, this is going to be, as I said, this is one of the, if not the most important off season for the Panthers, uh, 
if not in history, in quite some time, obviously. So uh, this is going to define the philosophy of the Panthers going forward. Are they going to stay with the keep pounding mentality or do they want to, you know, I guess move on to the new age of NFL football and see if they want to get more dynamic in their approach. So it's going to be fascinating. All right. It's Wes and Walker with just one more segment following the break. But before that, we got to get to the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? All right. So some more news coming out of the college football world, even though the season has come to an end. My guy, Michigan star running back Blake Corum, he will, be, he will be returning to Ann Arbor for his senior season. Uh, Utah quarterback Cam Rising, he is going to return for his senior season. And then uh, Georgia star defensive tackle Jalen Carter, he has declared for the 2023 NFL draft. But, Wes, here's my question. We see in the yeah. NBA where we're, we're in college basketball, kids can go through so much of the NBA draft process. And then decide if they want to either stay in the draft or return to college. How could the NFL adopt such a similar model? Or is it just not feasible given the way that the NFL conducts their entire draft process with the combine, uh, pro days, and and, and the like? No, I think kids should be given a choice. I, I don't see anything wrong with that for a kid to test the waters and see what's up. Because you don't want them to go down, you know, that hole of they go out, made a mistake, don't get drafted, you know, most importantly, don't have their degrees, and then they're just kind of stuck figuring out what to do with themselves if they don't make it with a career in football. All right, we only have one more segment to go on Wesson Walker, Kyle Bailey. After that, here it comes Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. up Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. We accomplished a lot today. Steve Wilkes, Scott Fitterer Audio. Steve Wilkes, Scott Fitterer, David Tepper mock interview. Yep, got the interview done. That everybody got to listen to, just like it's going on over there at Bank of America Stadium yep. with that interview today. National Championship recap. We talked about it in the first segment, maybe a little bit of the campus corner. And that's about it. I mean, it it could have maybe not dominated the show with all the Panther storylines. But it could have definitely had a little bit more um, space on this show. And we can stretch it, it out. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Way too early top 25s, early predictions. We can make some early predictions. But Fiddy doesn't like early polls. So and we can do some way too early predictions. Can we talk about polls tomorrow, or are you not going to like that? Oh, we will. Oh, I, I want you all to come with your own top 25 so I can just shred Damn, them. Damn, 25. And show you just how stupid and idiotic I'd it is rather to pick, rank I'd teams. rather do our top five for the ACC next year. Yeah. That'd I, be a lot easier. Can that you do that, Walker? Is that too much work? Because you were talking off the air about how much... How much work it is to keep up with modern music. Well, yeah, that's what Wes was saying during the break <laughs> that he that we ha- that we like the same music, but we don't. And it's more so like me, like an old school jazz influence beats that I don't listen to harder stuff. And like I get that, or not no, I as didn't much. say that. Not as much. Well, what are you saying? I just said we. I said I said the more mainstream artists that I was saying that you don't like Rick Ross, Young Dolph. See, I love game, Rick Ross. All that stuff. See, know? no, but no, but like. But then, and well, like latest go, albums, you didn't go. Well, the thing is, if you're listening to hip hop, man, I mean, especially modern music now, they release 
all the time. Right. And so we were discussing that, just how you always got to be on top of the game. Yeah. You say, have you heard this new artist? Have you heard? Because I wake up album? on Friday morning and right. go straight to my release radar you, to hear what they put in there. You are dedicated to the game yeah. with the new music released yeah. way more than I am. Yeah. But now nah, Rick Ross, I think my take on Rick Ross is that he might have the best ear for beats in the entire hip hop game. He's up there. I mean, when he hops on a beat, it's absolute fire, and he's going to deliver you some crazy verse. I'm like, yeah. yeah, he's up there. I mean, I don't, who else would be up there with him? Him, Game, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Uh, Freddie is great. I mean, it's a lot of artists that got great ears for beats, but as far as top of the top, you know, Ross is right up there. And then, like I said, Game, Freddie Gibbs, uh, Future. Um, Future's the one we disagree on the most. I mean, it's not like I dislike yeah. Future, but I just don't listen to him like that. Right. My friends do. And music of that type. I mean... I guess. I don't know what that type <laughs> is. Because that, Rick, I mean, because like trap major. music, you know what I'm saying? But see, that's what we're like talking. That. See, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Because I do love Griselda. I do love Freddie We bond over Griselda and stuff, but that's not trap music to me. Oh, what is? Like, trap music is what? like the South. It's the type of beat. Oh, I feel like that's dirty. South. Trap music is the based off the beats. Like, I mean, yeah, like Griselda's boom bap. Well, like UGK. I mean, yeah, if that's but, what you're going Yeah, with. Griselda's boom bap drug rap. But that's not UGK. I mean, that's no. I was just saying that's oh. not trap. Music. No, no, I know. Okay, well, what's who? Who's a trap music artist? Like Future. Like, okay. uh, well, yeah, I guess Future's the one. Yeah, Twenty One Savage and Twenty One can be fun. No, I like some Twenty One out there though. Yeah, Twenty One like Savage is funny to me. What, which one of those do you guys like the best, Fitty? Who, who of those artists are you listening to <laughs> and yeah. finding out who dropped yeah, it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know that I don't listen to. The same music y'all listen to. My right. future's the guy. But now, my like I said, my current music playlist, I mean, I'm still a lyrical guy from, you know, like I said, growing up as a 90s kid. So, you know, I still like guys that bring the lyrics. Like, my stuff is full of Ransom, Davies, mm -hmm. uh, you know, guys like that, Rock Marciano, the Griselda crew, all that. But I still like, you know, melodic stuff as well. And then... You know, I like my ignorant music as well, like the future <laughs> and, <laughs> and all that type of stuff. Nah, so, I hear you. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll bring it more, and we'll make sure that we transition all of it so that Fiddy has to put it in the system, and that can be some more bumper music because I know that's what Fiddy likes doing first and foremost. Let's talk about what's on tap. <laughs> um, North Carolina, Virginia tonight on the road in Charlottesville. Let's get some quick predictions. Who do you think wins tonight between the Heels and the Cavs? Uh, I'm going UVA at home. Like I said, I will pick this game based off who is at home. Home and I'm going UVA. Fiddy, I know you feel good about your heels tonight. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually got Carolina winning this game. I think they know how important this game is. And uh, let's just say if, if the heels come in and get a win tonight, I'll have some things to say at uh, a certain someone, someone on the radio tomorrow. Ooh, that's, yeah. Being a little too reckless over there. I, he, he did say that he was going to come in naked today. If he did. The championship game was played and before it did eight o'clock. Before eight, I was shocked. It was at seven forty-five. His whole fifteen minutes. That's before. crazy. And and you're not naked. Yeah. So I mean, you, you want me talk? to get naked? Because I, I mean, look, you I told me we'll cover up the glass right there. That's right. Go ahead. That's uh, probably weird to say on FC. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, just, just get rid of the tape. Because I was all. watching something else, and it was 7.30, because I was like, oh, here we go, because when right. they did the pregame show. But then I said, mm, I don't want to miss anything, so let me just go ahead and turn it. And then I was like, wow, they really are getting to Well, it. you and I both, we heard the national anthem, and then our ears perked up. Wait, is it about that time? Right, Because yeah. I would imagine, yeah, that at the time, I thought, wait, they're going to push off on that. They're not going to bring that in early. Once that started playing... They kicked off right after that. So 15 minutes after the originally scheduled kickoff, 
That's not bad. I'll take that any. They ended day. the game early too. Yeah, they they sure did. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that, that game was over as soon as it started. The other thing on tap tonight: Charlotte at Toronto. Do you think that the Hornets can get a win since they have been playing better? And the Toronto Raptors, it is not the season they thought they were going to have. So, do you think the Hornets can get a win tonight? Yeah, the Raptors started the season off looking like they were going to make some noise, but they are not. I think the Hornets go on the road and get the dub. What do you think, Fitty? I, are you just going to do a fart noise on on the, on the <laughs> mic? I mean, <laughs> we're trying to try to reference the Hornets for like five. I, we've literally talked about them for five total minutes today. <laughs> you don't need no. I don't even want your prediction. I think the Hornets. I can think win. they win. Okay, good for us. We all are going to pick for the. the we're all picking the Charlotte Hornets. They can beat the Toronto Raptors. You didn't pick the UNC UVA game. North Carolina wins. I think the Heels win, Gosh. and uh, you don't like that. Because no, we lose, I just know if we lose. All of anger is going to be directed towards you tomorrow. Why? Because I, it's not the Matt curse. You're a curse. Yeah. It, am I the Matt curse of the midday? No, because, you know, I thought when you got hired, I was going to be able to tap into that <laughs> that fandom that existed in Young Walker when you were in Catawba County. You were like a foot shorter and like 40 pounds heavier. This hasn't happened. You know, I want you to, I I want just you said to be die hard. But you're not like die hard like you're not hitting me up during games we're not talking about the heels like i want die hard <laughs> passionate tar heel walker i i've heard you say before don't text me during a heels game i've heard you say that but you're my radio boss so okay. like you get a pass okay well i appreciate that i'm gonna i'm gonna text you now i probably not i shouldn't promise that all right what happened on this day in sports history Wes bryant yes <laughs> walker has tried to to really needle our relationship he has but this right here tried. should prove just how much you mean to me. Because on this day in 1982, in the NFC Championship game in Candlestick Park, San Francisco, the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 28-27. to The catch by Dwight Clark uh, was made uh, as he made a fingertip catch for a touchdown from Joe Montana with 58 seconds left to go. San Francisco would not only go to the Super Bowl, they would go on and win it. I've often said this before about this play. That play should not be called the catch. It should be called the throw because that throw by Montana is the greatest throw of his career. Ooh, uh, Dwight Clark's catch. First of all, you would not disrespect the Queen City icon, Garinger High School, okay? The man jumped out the gym to go get that ball from one Joe Montana. So, no, it will remain. Joe Montana Joe Montana looked like Jared Goff on that play. I knew he was about to throw that in. Um, <laughs> on this day in 2003, <laughs> the NBA announces that Charlotte, North Carolina is awarded an, ex- an, an NBA expansion franchise to be known as the Charlotte Bobcats. I was angry then. I'm angry now. And start play <laughs> in 2004, 2005. Of course, they would be renamed, rebranded as the Hornets in 2014, 2015. Also on this day in 2011, Tom Great Auburn, led by quarterback Cameron Jarrell Newton, beat number two Oregon 22 to 19 in the BCS title game to win the national championship and giving Auburn their first national title since the 1950s. One of the best individual season we've seen from a player watching Cam Newton yeah. win the Heisman drag that team to a championship. Uh, yeah, you say he dragged that team. That was a good team. No, it was not. Oh, they dude. beat a Nick lot of Fairley good teams along. That's what I'm saying. They had Nick Fairley, Nick. Michael Dyer was the number one running back in the country coming out of yeah, high he school. he was so good he went to Arkansas State. But he had a good year that year, though. Oh, okay.
Okay, great. Arkansas, please. That was not nearly as talented. That team was talented. not trash. That was, that was not be- as talented. Out of all the other championship teams, let's go pound for well, pound. Well, how'd they beat all those teams along the way besides, Cameron, besides Cam Newton? Terrell, no, Newton. no, It's no, Kyle no, Bailey no, coming no. up next. Sports Radio no. 92.7 FM. Good drag.